0-0-8. This is Sir Narf, and we are back after week 8. Joined by none other than Hudson, who's fighting for his playoff life in the league. We're going to talk about the Eli Manning for Tony Romo trade. Is Matt Ryan a top five quarterback going forward? We're going to go with some NFL Super Bowl predictions. Maybe even drop a little NBA Finals predictions and talk about changes we should make to the league. This is a good one, guys. Listen up. What doesn't kill you makes you Hey guys, this is Narf back after week eight, and I'm here with Hudson. What's going on? How's it going? It's good, man. You're in law school now, right? I am. It kind of sucks. How's that working out? Are you crazy busy? It's the reason my fantasy team isn't as great as it would be otherwise. Oh, so that's your excuse? That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. All right. That, that, that's fair, I guess. So, so you're in your first year, right? Yeah. All right, so when you graduate, right now my standing lawyer is Anton, and Vigo's kind of my backup. Should I <laughs> bump you over either of them, do you think? I don't think I'm going to be better than Anton, but maybe maybe Vigo. Okay, that's that's on the record, Vigo. So you have two years to prove yourself as my <laughs> replacement lawyer before Hudson actually graduates. Vigo just passed the bar exam, so congrats to him. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, good work, Vigo. I'll give it up for that. All right. That's awesome. So maybe that bought you a little more time to prove yourself. We'll see what you can do <laughs> in, in a tough situation. So, so let's talk about your big trade. This was probably the, the biggest uh, names being traded this season. You gave up Tony Romo and Vincent Jackson, right? Yeah. And you got Eli Manning and who else? I got Stevie Johnson. All right. So, so you were trying to upgrade QB a lot of places. I know you were trying to get Stafford from me and you tried to get Breeze from Lamb Shop for a while. Did you just not feel your quarterbacks were good enough? I mean, the way I saw it is that, like, my team is okay, but to really make the playoffs, I think you need, like, a top 10 quarterback. I mean, that's what I preach every week. And I, I thought that I had maybe two of them in Cutler and Manning to start the or Cutler and uh, Romo to start the season, but they both were terrible, and getting rid of Tony Romo was a great decision, I think. So, so Cutler's stretching it. I, I think that's a little delusional going to season thinking Jay Cutler is going to be a top 10 player. I'm with you on Romo. I like Romo as a fantasy player, at least up until this season I always have. Yeah, I mean, I thought both of those guys would be, like, if not top 10, you know, like top 15, like someone who I can depend on for, like, you know, 18, 19 points a week. No, yeah, uh, definitely Romo. Cutler, like, he's he's never cons- he's never been super consistent, I don't think, but I don't yeah, know. I thought, like, Brandon Marshall may get them a little bit better, and like their defense might be getting older, so they'd be more shootouts, like things like that. But it really hasn't worked out that way. Actually, you're right. That, that's decent logic. Brandon Marshall has made a pretty big difference. Um, I'm looking at the numbers right now. So Eli averages 18.8 a game. Romo 17.6. That's not a, even a big difference. So, like you're only getting a point better with Eli so far. Yeah, but Romo also put up, like, 30 last week, and I had him. So I guess when I made the trade, it was a little bit more skewed in my favor. That's actually true. Eli had an awful game last week, so you got that last week in your favor. Um, Can we talk uh, to the commissioner for a second about the 48-hour rule for trades? It makes no sense. Yeah, bring it up. What's wrong with it? 
basically, we have a website, we have a podcast, we have power rankings every week. It's not like we need 48 hours for people to think and be aware of a trade happening and then veto. Yeah, I'm not sure why anyone would ever vote to veto anyway. Like, so what happened was we came to a, the agreement Wednesday morning, which is like clearly in the middle of the week, like waivers haven't gone through anything like that. But because Vincent Jackson was a Thursday night player, I need 48 hours to do it. So therefore, all of my, my players uh, were locked this week. So the trade took another week to go through. Now, okay, so that makes perfect sense. But you do, I mean, we just said, like, you got a huge week out of Romo off of that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't hurt me. Like, I'm not complaining about like, the outcome of it. It just doesn't make sense given how much people take in this league. Um, I, I agree. There, there's a few changes we can actually talk about. So I definitely agree with that. Maybe, what, what do you think, 24 hours? Or do you think there needs to be no time at all? 24 hours, 12, I mean, yeah, 24 hours seems fine, because if you do it at night, like, you don't want it to be a 12-hour rule or something like that, and people are sleeping during it, but... I mean, but I don't even know what the veto rules are. I think it's 50%. Like, no one should veto any trade unless someone is obviously just, like, quitting on their team and trading away good players, and I don't think anyone's going to do that in this league. Yeah, and, and, like, the fact that there's an email chain where you could immediately bring it up, and, like, if someone wants to really veto it and says, like, listen, I clicked the wrong button, or, like... He's injured now, things like that. Like, we can obviously, like, fix the simple problems like that, but in terms of people making their own decisions, it makes no sense to have to make them wait 48 hours. All right. I, I agree with that. Um, so, 24 hours. Let me tell you another change I think we should make. Tell me what you think about it. I think there should not be waiver wire pickups after a certain week, like week 10, 12, whatever. But I, I hate, like,. Once a playoff start, or I think even earlier than that, like you should not be able to pick up off the waiver wire anymore. Because I think it, like too often it decides like playoff games because someone just picks up a random player. Like I think at a certain point you got to lock your roster and just go with it. The problem then is that changes the entire drafting strategy. Like if you have a, a player like Rogers, who you you have you know you think he's going to win the division, you think the Packers might rest him for week sixteen or seventeen like they did last year, then. You don't want to draft him first because, you know, he might not be there in the final game and you won't even be able to replace him with somebody. So, well, no, I mean, if you, okay, first you still draft Rodgers first. You just have two extra quarterbacks on your bench. Like, it's not like that's in, there's no way around that. Like, but, 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 like, why should your strategy be dictated so much by, like, how good a team is and how it affects their division? I don't think it impacts it as much as you think it does. I mean, rarely do, do was Rodgers, he wasn't rested week 16 last year. Like, we end on 16. He only rested week 17. Okay, so maybe he's a bad example, but like Matt Ryan or like the receivers in Atlanta this year could not play because they've clinched that division by like week 13. Uh, and, it, you know, if you draft Matt Ryan in the fourth round and now you can't use him in the championship game, even though he's made, he's taken you that far, it seems like kind of an unfair rule to that kind of owner. It, so, it's, I mean, you're bringing up situations that, that I agree with are, are annoying, but it's not like your roster, I'm not like saying lock your roster after week two, like, I'm saying like week 10, week 12, something like that, like, if like you have Matt Ryan and they're 10-0, like, prepare for that and put, put an extra quarterback on your roster then. Like, yeah, I just, it's, not, it's not a huge rule either way, I, I can see your logic with I, it. I just, it just annoys me when, like, playoff games, like the championship games, are, like, significantly affected by, like, just a random pickup player that... I don't know, was not on your roster all season. That, that, that's, that's exact. I mean, that's how fantasy football works. Fantasy football, more than any, I think, sport or any fantasy sport, is the most 
sort of up in the air. Like Anton was six and seven last year, and he made it to the finals. Was he? I thought he was seven and six. He wasn't even he was five. Six and seven. I was seven and six, and I got third place. Like I mean, that that just shows that if you have one week and you make it into the top six, then you're you're golden. No, you're right. Once you're in the playoffs, I mean, anything can happen because it's so yeah, it's, it's unpredictable. So, so all right. that, I mean, maybe you just have an extra week of the regular season, and only four teams make it. You just do semifinals, finals. Four teams. And that makes that's tough to get in. Then I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't have a problem with that. Like top four make it in, and even in the top four, maybe just the top two highest scoring points. What do you mean? So like the four teams, they aren't matched up against each other. It's just the top two teams make it. So there's no playoffs, just the finals. You're saying? No, there's there's playoffs. The semifinals would be like. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. You're not playing each other. Two higher scores just advance. Right. So if you lose two hundred and one to two hundred, and the other matchup is 110 to 100. Like, the 110 points going team shouldn't make the finals. Interesting. So, really, you're all playing each other, then? If it's only four teams, I think it makes sense. Oh, I, you know, I had not thought about that before. I'm kind of liking that idea a lot, actually. It's kind of radical. I don't even know if you can set ESPN to do that, though. I, I don't know if it's actually possible. Maybe we could just, like, do it ourselves and say that's <laughs> who the winner is. But Interesting. So, four teams make the playoffs. Top two scores advance the finals, and then the winner. I, I like that. I'll put. We should put a petition to, to try that next year, maybe. I like that idea. Yeah. All right. So, cool. So let's get back on topic. So there's. So your trade, you upgraded Eli. You think you're losing a lot giving up Vincent Jackson? No, I mean he had a crazy week. He scored like 37 points the week before I traded him. Yep. He's never going to do that again. Like he's playing the Saints. Well, he plays the Saints one more time, so maybe he'll do it one more time. But like. He's not a number five receiver overall. No way. He's the most inconsistent receiver in fantasy. Like, his ups and downs are just higher and lower than anyone else. And I really like Cobb, especially now that it seems like Jennings is just, like, done for the year. Yeah, Jennings isn't coming back soon, and Nelson's been hurt. Cobb is, like, yeah, he's very involved in that passing game, which has really stepped it up since, like, they struggled the first couple weeks anyway. And he gets a lot of, like, little pass. Like, the points per reception helps him out a lot also. Yeah, and it's actually a, a lot of people, I mean, people do know it's a PPR league, but I think people still kind of undervalue, like, if you're getting, like, eight, nine catches a game, like, Percy Harvin, for me, does that, that's actually, yeah. like, four or five points, like, it's, it makes a big difference, it adds up. Yeah, Randall Cobb is basically a, a Percy Harvin light, is how I see it, and, and to have him, like, off the waiver wire, I think, is, is fine, and I feel confident that I can get rid of Jackson, and Stevie Johnson can come in a good match, and, and I'll have elite quarterback. Yeah, it depends. I mean, Eli has not been an elite quarterback, though. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm harder on anyone else, but, like, he's he's outside the top ten. He he hasn't looked amazing. He's not, sorry, an elite fantasy quarterback. When he, you say even that. from fantasy, he's outside the top ten in fantasy quarterbacks right now. No, he's not. No, he's even made it up to ninth. I don't think so. Um, I'm gonna, I think that I like your Eli Manning much, because I hate Eli Manning probably as much as you do. I hate him, too, although I'm, like, I think I said this on the air last week. I, I think I'm going to switch it to Joe Flacco, because... It's like, I hate Flacco, too, and people still think he's good, and he's awful. But Flacco has failed in the playoffs sometimes. That like, if you still think he's going to do it for you, you're kind of naive. Eli has failed in the playoffs, too. Like, it's not like, like, Eli's yeah, been a one seed. Fucking lucky throws, like, Hail Mary passes, and they score, and it's just like, you, you this don't, is not a real team. No one tell me about that. I understand how they win. And they made it and won the Super Bowl. And, I mean, in 2000. Eight or, or nine, the year after they won the first Super Bowl, like, they were a one seed, and the Eagles went in there and crushed them in the playoffs. Like, um, Yeah, that was great. I'm um, lo- do I'm you lo- want to talk about the Eagles for a couple of minutes? Do you have faith in Vic at all? Or? Give me one second. I'm looking up where Eli stands in fancy quarterbacks. 
He's 12th in average right now. 12th, just so you know. Oh, I guess I look at uh, total Cause, points. Yeah, because he hasn't had the buy yet. That's why. Okay. He's, he's not to total points 12th in average. Um, so that actually makes a difference, too, is you, you're you adding a bye week to your starting quarterback position because you took yeah, Romo's and now really you're going to take Eli's. I'm kind of upset about that. Yeah, you got to gotta think about stuff like that. Bad decision by me. Um, do I have faith in the Eagles? I do not have faith in the Eagles. I think the season is going to fall apart. I think Andy Reid is done as a coach in Philadelphia. I'm sure he'll get another job, but he's done here. I think Vic will start at least another... I think Vic will start until we are like literally mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, which, I don't know, in like three weeks if we're three and... What would we be, three and seven if we lose three games? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to beat New Orleans this weekend, actually. I think... Um, Everyone said it's a good matchup, like our offense is going to go crazy, but I mean, their offense is going to go crazy against us. Like, I thought your defense was actually good, though, and it was just that the offense turned the ball over all the time. It's, it, it kind of is. Like, by the stats, I think we were 11th when they fired Castillo. We had not given up a ton of points, but I mean, who, I'm trying, who do we play last week that, I'm, Falcons, right? Fal- yeah, Fal- exactly, Falcons. I don't know why I remember that. Like, I mean, they scored literally on the first six possessions. They were six for six. Like it was That's awful. Our, our, we used to have a great pass rush. Trent Cole is like one sack on the season. We we don't have a sack since week four. Like, and we've got Trent Cole, Jason Babin, Colin Jenkins on the line. Like, I don't. No one knows what's going on. Namdi gets beat on every deep route. Like, he's not a good cornerback. Maybe having an offensive line coach as your defensive coordinator for a year and a half was a bad decision. Yeah, I don't think you're the first person to say that. I don't think that's a new analysis for me at all, um, but I'm I, sticking with it. I, and, and they brought in someone else who has who has never been a D coordinator before either. Like it's not an experienced replacement. Like, there are so many guys who have done it though. Like there's 32 for every team. You think that they're like you know another 30 just like floating out there that they could put in? Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really. I'm. I'm not sure what what they're doing. I mean, if we beat the Saints this week, we'll be four and four. Like NFC East. Uh, the Giants do look pretty good, but. It's not, they're not going to finish. Like they'll probably finish ten and six. Like I think we're still, we'd still be in a hunt for the division. But I, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in this team. Like the Deshaun, like Jackson and Macklin are not doing anything. Like like Jackson is not just getting open deep anymore. They don't give the ball to McCoy. Like, there's just there's almost nothing is really going right for us. So you have more faith in your fantasy team this week because you actually guarantee victory? <laughs> I'm guaranteeing victory over Fuse. Although that was before Thursday. I made a guarantee before Thursday night when Jamal Charles gave me like three points. Um, but Philip Rivers, for his standards this season, actually had a decent game at like, I don't know, like 15 or 17 or something it was. I yeah, it was like 17. I mean, 17 points against Kansas City. Like, that's the kind of matchup where you want like 25 or, or something like that to really like put you in front. Trust me, I, I I know I like, but I don't know. Philip Rivers has just been like I shouldn't even be starting him anymore. I just like I just don't want to like I'll kill myself if I bench him and then he actually goes off one week. But I just cannot remember a quarterback like he's not old. He's he's not past his prime, but he's just like he's so much worse than he used to be. Their offensive line is is maybe the worst in football. Like he's just like knows he's gonna get hit if he tries to do something downfield. So he just either like throws it out of bounds or like dunks it for three yards. I don't. I don't know. I'm my, my, this this has not been a strong football season for me. Like, <laughs> Eagles are a mess. My fantasy team. Like, I'm not. I'm not mathematically out of playoffs yet. Like, if I win out, get to seven and six, I'll probably make it. Maybe six and seven, I'd have a shot. But uh, I don't know. It's it's not. It's not going good. Um, what about what about your team? What do you think your chances are of getting in? I think that 
assuming I win this week, and I have 46 and a half already, um, I had a good week for my defense and Gates and Malcolm Floyd. I think that if I go, well, there's five weeks left. If I go yep. four and one, I think I can make it in. That gets you to seven and six. Yeah, seven and six is a pretty safe bet. I don't think we've had a seven sixteen that didn't get in, but I'm not positive on that. There's also there's a real cluster of like teams who have scored about the same number of points. Yeah, it's everyone after I think like V like uh, no like Lionel after top three is real close in points scored. Yes, yeah, so Vigo is fifth at nine twenty four, and I'm eleventh at eight eighty two. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's 40 points. I yeah, think oh, so it's after, after, a bunch yeah. of teams. after Moose, after the top four, and skipping Anton at the bottom. Yeah, I actually did not realize that close. That's, wow, that's 40 points for seven, for seven teams, right? Yeah. You've outscored me by one point prior to this week, so we'll see if that holds up. Oh, God. Um, well, Matt Stafford actually looked good for the first time this whole season last week, so maybe that, that gives me a hope. So... Oh, so what, what was your draft strategy going in besides the two quarterbacks? Like, were so, you went running back heavy early. I did. I got um, Chris Johnson in fourth early because I, I guess once Stafford was gone, I kind of put players into tiers. Yeah, yeah. Do where the I same thing. like, okay, I can't get a second quarterback worse than Tony Romo. So, like, if I know I'm sort of I'm at the end of a round and I'm not going to be able to pick for a while, I have to sort of just take him now before it gets worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the same way about running backs. I was like, if I don't get Matt Forte with this pick, then I'm going to stuck. I'm going to be getting like Frank Gore as my number two running back. Yeah, I thought your like, first two running backs. Like I think I wrote in the preseason, they could be the top pair. I mean, that was if Chris Johnson was good again. But I thought they. I thought those were pretty. I mean, Chris Johnson's a tough pick, but I thought they were the right picks at those spots at least. Yeah, I don't, I don't like going at the end of the round. Tenth round, tenth is bad. I don't think anyone wanted to be at the end of that first round. I think, like, I'm guessing every single person in the league saw a pretty big drop-off after number six, the sixth spot. Like, there were the top three quarterbacks, the top three running backs. And then McCoy doesn't actually live up to that, so it's really top five. But Yeah, and then, like, Stafford and Calvin Johnson are, they're not bad picks for the first round, but you're really... You're hoping it works out for you more than anything else. Yeah, Stafford actually moved up a lot in the rankings with his big week. Calvin Johnson's been bad. I mean, he has one touchdown on the season. Like, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, if your value is, is tied up into scoring a ton of touchdowns, it's a receiver that's, like, hard. It's not consistent year in and year out. Well, it's not consistent that you're going to get 16 year in and year out, but I would say he's a pretty safe bet for 10. Like, But, like, 10 touchdowns is a great season, and he would have been a disappointment as a first-round draft pick to... Yeah, I, I mean, first round receivers are, are like really. It's a really tough position to be in. Like, I don't like. Dra- I wouldn't draft a wide out that early unless, for some reason, I thought I had to. So yeah, that was my idea. That's why I took Johnson, and I thought Forte could get a lot of reception yards, and he kind of is always injured and yeah. doesn't score touchdowns. He just it's my team is really disappointing this whole season. Yeah, I, like, I actually I don't know if I could have drafted Chris Johnson there. Like he's like, do you, do you hate owning him? I, I do. Like, when you're talking about benching Rivers and then exactly then that he would put up a huge game, it's why I just stuck with Chris Johnson. And Well, he has had a few huge games. He's had, like, two big games, right? Yeah, he's actually, like, if you take the first couple of weeks, he's been okay. He's the 15th ranked running back right now. Yeah, no, he, yeah, it's, all you need, like, all you need is two, like, Jamal Charles had two huge games that day. He's, like, 11th. Like, two big games keeps you pretty high in the rankings for a while. Yeah, the problem is that, like, 
if you get 40 points one week and then 50 spread out over the next seven, like, you're actually not helping me out that much. No, no, you're not at all. Like, those, those numbers are very misleading. Um, I mean, I don't know if anyone actually looks at the consistency rankings I have up there, but, like, that that's definitely a good thing to look at with the total points to see, like, how it's spread out. Like, if he's, like, putting it all up in one game and has, like, six bad games in a row versus if it's, like, pretty evenly distributed. Yeah, I mean, especially from your run, like running backs and receivers are always going to be iffy in terms of being consistent. Yeah. So to have a guy who can give you like, I'd rather have fourteen every week than you know twenty eight and then zero. Like, it's just how you you win games. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Chris Johnson actually right now. He's at fifty percent of the consistency rankings with one. Um, where uh, I just lost it. Yeah, one awesome game, one good game, two average games, one bad game, and three awful games. So like that, that's just not. Good for a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, if you if I guess three times a season you scored three or less points, like that, that's just a guaranteed loss for me, basically. Yeah, that, that, that it's hard to come back from when he does that. But maybe he's like turning a corner or something. Like I'm trying to like grasp at straws and hope that he comes back and is, is okay. But so for nine this week, it's not very good. Yeah. So so what you've been like around like the eight, nine, ten spot a while in the rankings. You think that's fair? Where do you think you should be? Um. Before last week, my team had been scoring a ton of points, and I don't know if that was reflected in the rankings. Yeah, no, you, um, I, 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 I don't know if I took it into account, but I had realized that you, you'd, like, led the league for, like, three weeks in a row in combined points, I think. I think even last week I was third, maybe, in total points. Yeah, I think you were third and you lost, right? I was, yeah, I had twi- two, I'm one and two in the last three weeks, and I probably scored the most points of anybody by a significant margin. Yeah, your team, your team's been playing better, for sure. But... You know, that's how fantasy works. I mean, it's the difference between six and seven and eight and five is, you know, with the game when Noah scores 178 points against me. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, God. His, the Gronkowski's been huge. And if I was Fuse, I'd be so angry that I traded Gronk and not Davis. You just, I mean, receivers are so tied into their quarterbacks. Yeah, and if you're you have to have like, Tom Brady or Alex Gates Smith. has been terrible because Philip Rivers has been terrible. Yeah, Gates also, Gates, like, he looks older than he used to. Like, he's not, he, he doesn't get separation anymore. Like, he's a different player. That's fair, but, like, neither does Tony Gonzalez, and Tony Gonzalez is probably having a, a much better season than him. No, you're, you're definitely right. Um, although I'd say Tony Gonzalez has kind of, he's in the same physical abilities he's been in for, like, three or four years now, so I think he's kind of learned how to play differently. Well, I would say this is Gates' first season, like, without the explosiveness to just really beat linebackers all the time. Yeah, so that's true. I, I think it's a it's more of an adjustment season for Gates in terms of he has to play the position differently in terms of what he can do. But I just hope he gets some cheap TDs basically at this point. But I would I would say that oh, I mean yeah Matt Matt Ryan has made Tony Gonzalez this season. Um, so so let's let's get into that, actually. I have some questions for you. I want um give me yes or no answers. All right. Go for it. So a little way past the midseason of the season, Matt Ryan right now is fifth amongst quarterbacks. You think he finishes top five? Yes or no? No, he's going to sit some points. Oh, so, so not because of talent. You think it's because uh, he's going to skip like week 16 or 17? No, he could be a top five fantasy quarterback if he played the whole season, but he's not going to play the whole season. He's also not a top five quarterback in the NFL. Definitely not. You think he's an MVP candidate like people are saying? I mean, if you think of the MVP as the quarterback with the most stats on the best team, then sure, you know, he has a good chance like Peyton Manning does and... Like that, but like, would you rather have them in Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. Um, no, I don't think anyone smart would. All right, so you so, think? Yeah. All right, so right now, RG three is number six, and um, 
Andrew Luck is number nine. You think they, which one or both of them finish the season top ten? Either? Who'd you say is number nine? Andrew, both rookies. Andrew Luck is number nine. RG3 is number six. You think they both finish top ten at the end? We're talking fantasy. Yeah, definitely. You th- okay. So you think Andrew Luck keeps it up? Uh, RG3 pretty definite, but. Yeah, Andrew Luck is like, probably actually like a better quarterback at this point than, than RG3. RG3 leads the NFL in completion percentage. Like, is that right? Leads the NFL at 70%. Uh, I'm going to retract my last statement then. No, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I think, I think well, Luck probably is a better quarterback, but I think RG3 season's been amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, they, these guys are ready to go. Like, the, the idea of, like, you need a year to, like, sit on the bench and, like, learn the NFL is, it's kind of gone at this point. Yeah, it's like, I've, I'm having a hard time grasping that concept from fantasy perspective. Like, it's, like, I always stay away from rookie quarterbacks, and this is not, it's not a good strategy anymore. Like, even, like, Dalton came in, was ready to go. Bradford came in, and, like, that was his best season out of the three he's had so far. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess, no. like, college offenses are just getting more complex, and they are they know what to do with it now. I mean, Flacco and Sanchez both took their teams to the playoffs as rookies. Like, rookie quarterbacks, yeah. There's no reason rookie quarterbacks can't have good first seasons, really. Yeah, um, so those guys think top ten, definitely. All right, so so Doug Martin, the rookie right now, is number six in, uh, in fantasy for running backs. Do you think he can crack the top five? He's on the, the Bucks, right? He's the rookie on the Bucks, yeah. He's moved his way up in the rankings a lot. He's had a good, like, three or four last weeks. No, the, the guys behind him will catch up. Like you said, like, it's just one big week. Yeah, he had, he had 36 against me last week, which crushed my playoff hopes. That sucks. I'm looking at the average points. And, like, Frank Gore is maybe, like, 14th or so, and he's got 13.6, and Martin has 15.0. Like, that's that's very little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about, so, big name wideouts. I'm going to read you a list. So, Calvin Johnson now is 14th. Mike Wallace is 17th. Larry Fitzgerald is 25th. Andre Johnson is 30th. If you were to pick one guy to own the rest of the season, I know you do own Wallace, but if you could have any of them, who would you pick? I'd still take Calvin Johnson. Even even with the one touchdown? Yeah, I mean, one touchdown over eight games is an aberration. Like, he's better than that. All right, I agree. So, 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 actually, rank them. So, Calvin Johnson's one, then Wallace, Andre Johnson, Larry Fitz. How do you put them? I would go Wallace two, uh, Fitzgerald three, Andre Johnson like way, way last. You he's, don't. He's kind of washed up at this point. Uh, yeah, he definitely is, and I believe that's what Fuse got for Rob Gronkowski in one of the worst trades I can remember. <laughs> I mean, I was watching them play the Packers, and like, granted, that was the Packers' best game of the season, but like, he wasn't getting open against our cornerbacks. Uh, he, he's not, he's not fast anymore. I mean, he's never been, like, a burner. Like, he's always been a very physical player, but, yeah, he, he really doesn't have good speed. But, like, he just, there's no separate, I mean, even, like, when he caught it, he was immediately tackled. Like, it was like, okay, well, you got your seven yards, like, five times this game, good for you. But, like, no one was, like, oh, shit, you know, Andre Johnson is going deep. Like, it just wasn't a consideration. No. Uh, yeah, that's, that's actually definitely true. And, I mean, I don't need, like, they have no other receiving targets to take pressure off them. Like, who's their number two? Kevin Walter, is it? Yeah, I guess. Don't they have, like, uh, Jacoby Jones or something uh, maybe. like that? Like, Owen Daniels is okay at tight end. But they really don't have, like, a legitimate opposite target. But you've been right the whole season about Matt Schaub, that he's just, that they're a running team. I, yeah, I, yes, I have been right about that. Although, what my, originally I think I bet Yoni was that Philip Rivers would finish higher than him, and he's not, he might not actually. That, I mean, Philip Rivers is, you'd think that they should go in the division though. Like, the Broncos being good was a surprise to me. Oh, that's not a, you're not a Peyton Manning believer? I was not a Peyton Manning believer. I sent an email earlier in the year. I just, like, 
I guess I've been proven wrong to a certain extent, but I thought he was already on the decline. He's like 36 at this point. Like he's Peyton Manning he defies logic. Like I don't know. I've always been a big Peyton Manning fan. Like I always thought he was significantly better than Brady in both their primes. Like a step above Brady. Except like he just would have those moments in the playoffs though where it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, every like Brady's done that recently too. Like it's yeah, Brady's Brady's made a lot of pain Manning playoff decisions where just like a safety in the Super Bowl that was kind of inexplicable and kind of turned the game around completely. Oh, com- completely so. Um, I mean, we don't even need to bring up like he he missed Welker on that throw. Like that was a bad throw that would have sealed the game. But yeah, that was very much like blaming Welker when it was kind of like well Brady in. Three years ago, would have just thrown it like into his chest, and he would have caught it. No, I mean the knock against Peyton Manning was that like he didn't have like he lost in the playoffs a lot. And back then, you could look at Brady and be like Brady doesn't lose in the playoffs. You could look at Roethlisberger and be like he doesn't lose in the playoffs. But both of those two have had like bad playoff losses since. Like it's yeah, like there's not a quarterback out there who doesn't have bad playoff losses, and no one bring up Eli because he also has them. Right. So, and the problem is that it's like I think that even out can't for Peyton Manning. anymore. That what? He just, he has, like, a noodle arm, like... Yeah, it's, I haven't seen him play that much. Is it really that bad? Like, he's completing passes. He's completing, like, little passes, and, like, it's just, like, dink, like sort of nickel and diming teams all the way down the field. I mean, if you can do that perfectly, then that's great offense. Right, but if you have a really aggressive, good defense, like, I think that if you basically say, well, he can't throw deep against us already, what else can we take away? Like, I think that once... The Broncos will be fine. They have a certain ceiling, though. They're not like a Super Bowl team. They're not going to make the AFC Championship even. Uh, no, they're not. Their defense isn't good, and no, they have too many holes. Um, so let's talk real NFL. Who do you have in the Super Bowl? Real NFL. I would say Packers Patriots, just like I said before the season. I say I actually agree with the Patriots. Um, I don't think Baltimore's real. Houston is real, but I just don't see him being the Patriots. I think that's probably the AFC Championship game. I would say it's New England at Houston. In the NFC, I'm actually going to go San Francisco, and I don't even know why. I just have a good feeling about them. I think Alex Smith has thrown for like 500 yards in the past like seven weeks. It, but they win games. They do win games. I mean, they have a really good defense. Like when the Packers were trailing against them, it was kind of over. Yeah. But if you can go up like 7-0 against them and all of a sudden they have to throw the ball, like it's kind of worrisome for their fans. I mean, I agree that – I mean, the Packers, I think, at their best are probably – are definitely better, but they're just, they haven't seemed right this season. I mean, I know you follow them a lot more than I do. It just, it just doesn't seem like it's their season. Yeah, I mean, they've they've really been banged up all year long. Like Jennings out hurts. Jennings being out hurts them a lot, and like just like random linebackers, they've really never had their team together. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so you think that you know, if they can actually get healthy by the end of the season, um, they're like the, kind of the team that nobody wants to face. Oh, clearly no one's going to want to face them in the playoffs at all. Uh, I mean, everyone says that about the Giants, but if the Packers get in at, like, the... Uh, actually, they might get a wild card if they can't catch Chicago. If they get, like, the five seed or something, I mean, no one's going to want to play them in the first round. Yeah, and also, like, they've, as bad as they played, they've still beaten the Bears and the Texans, like, convincingly. Uh, yeah, they crushed... Oh, did they beat the Bears? They beat the Bears by, like, I think 13 points oh, or something. Right. Like, that was, that was week, the, the week two Monday night game, right? That was, it was a Thursday game. Oh, Thursday. I remember, yeah, I remember watching it at night. It was, right, that's the Bears' only loss, I think. That's, yeah, that's the Bears' only loss. I think the Texans only lost it to us, too. Maybe they have two losses at this point. But, like, yeah. not, I don't think that Jay Cutler can beat the Packers. And, and maybe they'll, they'll win out, you know, by a game or two in the division. But 
No one in the NFC really scares me other than the Giants. I don't, I don't know. You said this earlier. Like, Brandon Marshall does actually make an offense a lot better. Like, the, the, he, he's a really good receiver, and, and Cutler likes throwing to him. I wouldn't say it's impossible if the Bears beat them. No, but I feel like, the, I don't know, for whatever reason, the Packers just own Jay Cutler. Um, yeah. I, I think I, he just, threw four picks in that game against Oh, him, with that the game, he was he does. awful. Yeah, he had like three fancy points, I guess you know. Um, yeah. yeah I, I remember that one. Pa- pa- Packers, all right. That, that's, I mean, that's a pretty safe to rule pick. Pa- Packers, Patriots, I guess. Um, all right, let's let's uh, look ahead to to week nine of this fantasy season. Um, I'm playing Fuse. I guarantee to win. I will probably lose. I got 23 and a half points from Rivers and Jamal Charles. I was hoping for literally like 45, but just didn't turn out. Um, and Fuse actually had his whole team on bye last week when he only put a 56. So he's got. Everyone healthy. Although he's like, his quarterbacks are Flacco and Dalton. Like, that really doesn't scare me. Yeah, he was trying to trade me for Eli. Um, and I was just, I, I told him, there's no way I'm going to like go to war with those court, one of those two quarterbacks. Like, they're just not good. No, they're, they're not good. Um, like, this numbers they put up are, are fine so far, but they're not going to continue at that level. They're not even like fine. Like, Flacco has like, his last three games are 8, 15, 5. Like, that's not good. Yeah, I didn't realize. I guess it's, I didn't realize it was that bad. I think Andre or Andy Dalton is not the a number eleven quarterback. Yeah, Andy Dalton's been better than Flacco, I think. But I mean, his last game against Pitt, I'm looking at numbers like 105 yards, a touchdown, a pick, seven points. Like, it's, I mean, and he's just good because like AJ Green's been legit. Like, he's really bailing Andy Dalton out a lot. Yeah, I guess he just kind of throws it up in the air, and AJ Green jumps over like two people and catches it every time. Yeah, from the highlights I've seen, I mean, he's—I think he's the number one wideout now ahead of Victor Cruz. But I definitely, actually, I'd, I'd probably think Cruz will finish number one. I don't know what you think, but Green's Green will be top five, I think, minimum. Uh, yeah, the possessions helps uh, Cruz. And and Victor Cruz actually like, insane. Like the knock on him was last year he had so many big play touchdowns that's not really repeatable. But I mean, he seems to be repeating it. Like he just makes like. Big plays left and right. I mean, he's like Wes Welker if Wes Welker were a little bit faster. Yeah, and, or like black, black maybe the turn. Ground, but actually scored a touchdown on the long runs. So yeah, if Wes Welker was black, that's, that's Victor Cruz. Yeah, or like Hispanic or whatever Victor Cruz is. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. That's what he is. He salsas. Uh, so who, who, are you, who are you up against? I'm playing... Uh, oh, CB. CB. That, that's actually... That'd be a good win for you. A win will probably move you into... A tie for the sixth playoff spot, I would think. Yeah, I, I think so too. Like the, the people I'm playing coming up are all like people who are right around me. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, there's, everyone is four and four. I think I should be ranked a little bit higher because one, all my guys have basically been on buys at this point. Yeah. And I've played all the good teams so far. Yeah, I, I haven't looked at strength of schedule at all. That's so. It, I'll take your word for it, that may be true. Have we? We haven't played each other, I don't think, have we? No, I don't think so. so all right, that's, so that's a loss for you. I'll be favored in. <laughs> yeah, probably. By, by a little bit, maybe. Um, um, Jay Cut. So, yeah, CB's team. So, he's got Vic, Ray Rice. Um, oh, Welker's on bye. That's going to help you against him, yeah. So, is Sean Green, who sometimes starts for CB, not always. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick you in this one. ESPN is your favorite by a lot. I mean, after scoring all these points, I have a, a big edge now. Yeah, Chargers D. Uh, that that was a yeah. When you get like twenty points from your defense, you're in good shape. Um, yeah, I was pretty happy about that pickup this week. Yeah, I actually, I should have claimed them first. I would have gotten them over you. I had the Dolphins. I, I, I put the Dolphins as my first choice. Chargers as my second choice. I'm not really sure why. 
I think a good fantasy strategy is for defense and kickers is to bet against the teams they're playing almost exclusively. Oh, it, it is, 100%. And actually, I actually do know why. The only reason I didn't pick up San Diego is I didn't want to root against Jamal Charles having a big game because I really needed him to have a big game. Okay. So, I mean, it's not smart. Obviously, did nothing. And, what well, they got two defensive touchdowns, right? Yeah, they scored 23 points to me. Yeah, it was, it was nice. So, if you had the team going against the Chiefs every single week, on defense, you'd probably be the best defense in the league by a huge margin. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, yeah, actually, if you, a lot of fantasy writers calculate stuff like that, like defense against Chiefs or like quarterback against Saints and like call that a position. And like, I'm sure that who, like, if you, the seven, 16 quarterbacks who play the Saints this year add those points up and I'm sure they finish number one in fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, that gives the Eagles hope. Vic, Vic should have a big game this week. I just, I just can't trust him at all. Uh, so here's a question for you. Yeah, hit me. How how much better do you think like the top two teams are than than like my team or you know one of these four and four teams? That, like, that, that's the, a the good, chances of me beating them in like a playoff game like thirty percent, forty five percent, something like that. That's a that's a good question. Um, I don't think Lionel's team is that good. I know he has the record. Um, he's only third in points scored. The MJD injury really makes him really vulnerable. Like his his running backs are Daniel Thomas. He may have someone on buy, and he start. Starting, I don't even want to say his name, like, Joey Quebel, is he French? Yeah, I look at it, I think Darren Sproles is also injured, which is why that's... Spro- okay, Sp- Sproles injured, and when Lionel got Sproles, I kind of made a big deal, I thought he was good, but, I mean, he hasn't actually, it's been okay, like, 13, 14 and a half his last two weeks, but he hasn't been, like, a game-changer number one. Um, I mean, Lionel doesn't have a second, his second quarterback is Brandon Whedon, so, Brandon Whedon's been okay, but he's not... You, it's not like you're going to rely on him, I don't think. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's been carried by Matt Ryan and his wideouts. So, especially if, if, Atlantis, if Atlantis sits in Week 16, Lionel's in the finals, he's going to be in huge trouble with Roddy White and Matt Ryan out. Like, so... Yeah, I mean, it, but, like, these... I think, like, these aren't, like, iffy receivers. Like, the three receivers he has are going to score you a, a decent amount of points every single week. Oh, yeah, he's been in, in unit strength, I think. He's, like, about getting 50 points from his wildouts every week. He's, like, blowing everyone else out. It's not even close. And Just, like, even in consistency, like, I, they seem to be very consistent players. Rod- Roddy White's extremely consistent. Uh, Victor Cruz had a bad week this past week, but he, before he had three, his, his last 40s were that were 25 and a half, 14, 25, 23. Like, that's, I mean, that's, that's great. Yeah, I think that, I mean, if I play them, I, I expect to lose, but like, I guess, and basically my, my point of my whole philosophy about fantasy is to just make the playoffs and anything can happen at that point. I mean, I think everyone's philosophy is try to make the playoffs, I don't think it's yeah. just you, but... But I mean, like, the idea of, like, the best team winning, I mean, it's it's silly, like, it's it's just going to come down to, like, how well Matt Ryan plays and, like, what his week 15-16 matchups no, I don't think the best team always wins. Last year, I do think the best team won. I think Vigo's team last year was insane. He had Gronkowski, he had Breeze, Eli had a huge season. Vigo's team was really good last year. He had Jordy Nelson, who was insane. Um, but the two years before that, and I'm just going to sound bitter about this, like I was in the finals, and I thought I, I, I was one seed both seasons. I thought I had the best team, and I lost both finals because I just didn't play well. Um, so I, I don't think the best team always wins. I think Lamb Chop's team is... Like, Breeze and Griffin together, I think that just alone makes him... It, he has to be the favorite. Um, like, actually, if I was ranking him into tiers, like, I don't think it's the top two. I think Lamb Chop is the top one. 
And then I think Lionel and Vigo are probably the next tier, and then everyone else is pretty close. So Vigo's like annoyingly good. Vigo's team is coming on really strong. Like him and Lionel is a good matchup this weekend. Um, and what's he in your uh, preseason rankings? Vigo. Yeah, I think he was eight or nine because he because his quarterbacks were Andrew Locke and Jake Locker, and I put so I mean, much before the draft. Sorry. Oh, before the draft, I think he was like three or four. because he, he's a good manager. Like I, I trust Vigo in his football knowledge abilities. I'm looking at his team right now, and everything is just single digits. Like he just has the best everything. Um, Vigo. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at Lamb Chop's team. Oh yeah, Chop's team is also very good. You're, wait, you're talking about Lamb Chop's team? Yeah, Landjob's team is, is insane, and I think Vigo's is pretty good also. Landjob's team, yeah, I mean, his, his quarterbacks are insane. Adrian Peterson, I mean, he came on the podcast, he said he drafted Peterson without knowing he even had an injury. So, like, that's just pure luck. Like, yeah, that made me pretty mad. I was I, like, are you kidding me? How did you, what, why did you think Adrian Peterson was available in the third round if he did not have some sort of injury? Like, how could that make sense? He'd been the number one overall pick, like, three <laughs> years in a row before then. Yeah, that was absurd. But... And then, I mean... Like, uh, Fred Jackson goes down week one, and C.J. Spiller wouldn't even be playing if it wasn't for that. Did he, had he been starting C.J. Spiller, or did he... Yeah, no, he started like C.J. Spiller in, like, his biggest hole was RB2, and he started C.J. Spiller week one, and Fred Jackson went down the first quarter, Spiller got, like, 30 points. That's, yeah, I mean, things like that just pissed me off so much. Um, and then he picks up, so, he actually traded Carson Palmer for Antonio Brown, which is a good move for him. I've been purposely not talk, mentioning Palmer at all because I didn't want Lamb Chop to trade him and get better, but Carson Palmer's actually been like a really consistent fantasy player all season. Yeah, but like, he's not, I mean, you just feel like you're always one week away from like the five interception game where you just lose because I, of him. You do feel like that, but like, I was looking at Palmer's numbers, like in seven games, he's one, he's eight points one game, and all the others are above 16 points. Like, that. that's good. Like, he's, he doesn't have huge games, but like he's like six games between like sixteen and twenty-one points. Like he's he's been really consistent in giving you decent stuff. It's uh, I guess he yeah I mean I can't argue against that. Like it's just I guess he's a good quarterback at this point. Well, he's not a he's a good fantasy quarterback. Like he, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. I mean he'll get you like two hundred fifty yards and like two touchdowns and a pick. Like it's like a pretty standard Carson Palmer line. I mean he didn't get a ton back to Antonio Brown, who's been pretty disappointing this season, but. At least he got a starter. Like, he traded a bench player for a starter, which is always a good move. Yeah, so do you think... I mean, there's definitely a gap between, like, how good somebody is in fantasy versus how good they are in life. Oh, completely. So should... I mean, should we try and come up with more rules to sort of change that a little bit? Like, I... How could we do that? Like, do you have anything in mind? I'm thinking... I'm just, like, coming up with these ideas now, but maybe as a receiver, like... a percent of like if you get targeted and you catch you know like 80 percent of passes thrown to you you get more points than you would if you got like 50 percent of passes your way or if i don't your quarterback, think like completion percentage gets in there somehow the receiver stuff is getting too complicated i don't think you guys can contract that and i mean that's just going to be annoying because it's you have to make judgments about if uh if the pass is really the receiver's fault or not i've played in leagues where quarterback interception or not incompletions or, or negative points like 10 incompletions is, like, minus two points or something. Like, I actually like that, because I think that, like, I think quarterback accuracy is very important. Yeah, I mean, like, no one thinks Matt Stafford is a top-five quarterback, but he was drafted, what, like, seventh overall in this league? I think it was eighth. I had the eighth, eighth pick. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he was the number four quarterback taken, and he still has a chance to move up that high. But, yeah, no, he's clearly not. 
I mean, he, he's the perfect example of, of like a good advanced quarterback who's not a good NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, this is why. So when you watch the games, you're like, okay, like if the Packers are playing Matt Stafford, you know, we're probably going to beat them. But then, oh, I'm going against him in fantasy. Like, shit, he's going to throw for 300 yards and three TDs at the end of the game, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, he gets he gets so much garbage time. Until this is actually a ridiculous stat for him. Until this past week, he had played. Yeah, he played six games. He had no first, second, or third quarter touchdowns in six <laughs> games. He did not throw a touchdown before the fourth quarter in six games. That's like, such a mad effort stat. How is that possible? They get behind, and then they throw for, like, he throws, like, 200 yards every fourth quarter. Right, he's, like, relying on teams being in prevent defense for him to be effective as a quarterback. Cor- correct. He, yeah, I mean, Vic also falls in that category, unfortunately, now, of just not good NFL quarterbacks who still put up fantasy numbers. Yeah, and Car- Carson Palmer, too, with that. I mean, you could argue Peyton Manning's in that category, although I would still call him a good NFL quarterback, too. I mean, his team's a winning game, like... Carson Palmer and our guys, who's like, okay, well, the Raiders are down two scores, and he's throwing the entire second half. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's so I, I don't really know if there's like much more you can do to adjust for, um, for like actually how good they are. I've played in leagues before where actually you draft head coaches and get ten points a week if they get a win, which is like really interesting. Can you like? I feel like then you can easily game. I mean, it's just like defenses where you can always go against the Chiefs. Uh. Well, yeah, you can always pick up... Yeah, but, I mean, theoretically, you're not always just dropping head coach every week. Like, the defense against the Chiefs is not available every week. Like, they yeah, were they were this um, week, but they're not always. Maybe this, maybe an idea is to make... Just, I guess, for not for the life versus anything else, but just have fewer waiver pickups allowed. Oh, actually, yeah. I always forget how many ideas I have. 100% like, so you agree. Have, like, three for the whole season. You, it should be, like, five for the whole season. You should actually, you should have more roster spots. Like, I think you should be, like, 18-team rosters, so more emphasis put on the draft. Like, five pickups all season. And here's the big thing. Waiver orders should not reset each week. Like, there's, there's, that makes it so much more strategy in saving your waiver picks. Like, like you see see what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't get the first pick each week just because your team loses. Like, if you don't put in a claim in week one, like, you should have a higher order in week two. Oh, I see, yeah, so, like, you should, you shouldn't be forced, it shouldn't be use it or lose it. Yeah, exactly, like, if you don't, like, that's, like, that's why, like, if there's not a great pickup available week one, like, your strategy in saving that claim to have a higher claim in week two or three, when there might be, like, some, Victor Cruz might emerge out of nowhere, like. Yeah, like, when I, a quarterback gets injured, I actually you need think to pick that, up, that resets each week. Someone else, immediately. Yeah, exactly, so those are, maybe we should have, like, a whole, like, off-season summit with Anton and, like, redo the whole structure of the league or something. I definitely think that with everyone so involved, you you can use that to your advantage and like come up with creative rules and and make it less just like a standard ESPN fantasy league that like ten strangers would do. Uh, yeah, definitely very very good point with that. Um, I agree. So when we get Anton, we'll we'll talk with Anton. I think he's going to come back on the podcast later on. Maybe I can make a list and bring all the stuff up to him. Although I don't okay. think he's going to care. I don't think he really takes his commissioner duties that seriously. But we'll see. It's because his team is always terrible, though, right? He won two years ago, and he made the finals last year. Is that right? Yeah. So it's I, w- I wouldn't say terrible. I would say this year is terrible. But Six and seven when he made the finals, right? No, you're right. I, the more I, the, the best idea is I really like your only four teams make the playoffs because I think that really means the better team has a the best team in the league has a much better chance of winning, which I always support in all sports. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm a fan of fewer teams and then not having it 
the arbitrarily like matchups. Yeah, I, I never even thought of that idea before, but I kind of like that too. Or if you are the number one seed, you get to pick the team you play. Um, so you can be like, I'll pick the second best team because they have the worst matchups. Interesting. All right, these are all right. You need to give more weight to being good in the regular season, basically. Agre- I always agree with that. Um, we should wrap this up. This has gone pretty long. I'm not sure anyone's going to listen to it, but we'll see what <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hudson, thank you for coming on the podcast. No problem. All right. Uh, you want to plug your blog real quick? Don't you write for some blog? Uh, yeah. The whole 42 minutes.blogspot.com. Uh, we so put out stuff about the NBA, basketball, our NFL, MLB, all that stuff. It's so it's all right. sports. It's not just NBA? No, no, no. It's mostly uh, NBA at this point. But we do all sports. We have a suicide pick every week where we have to pick uh, two teams and we can't repeat, which is fun. We actually put out our own first podcast, which which I enjoyed. Uh, Over unders for all the teams, so nice. Good. Oh yeah, yeah, I signed up for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy you guys on those online picks. I'm I'm never wrong about NBA over unders. Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, give give me your NBA finals picks real quick right now. Uh, after last night, I think I have to say Knicks. Um, oh, shut up. <laughs> or really, Heat Thunder. Um. I, Thunder not gonna make the playoffs. The Harden trade is the stupidest trade. I can like it makes me so mad at Harden trade for them. Like I, I think I understand that, 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 but like the Lakers don't have an offensive identity. No, it's, at all. it's they don't not know the, what they're doing. It's not the Lakers either. You should have me on NBA podcast. I'm gonna talk about this. Um, Steve Nash is the most overrated player in basketball, and I really like him, but he's not gonna help them at all. Um, not it, the way they're using him, at least it, it's it's the Spurs, man. Spurs are coming out of the West. I I mean. I believe that, but don't they just hit a wall every time? I mean, they're old. Like, to expect Tim Duncan to be able to beat three Western teams? As Spurs and probably the Heat, but I think the Celtics are good enough to take the Heat to seven games again, and I wouldn't be shocked if the Celtics actually pull that out. That I would be shocked. I mean, completely. I think Rajon Rondo is, is good, but not good enough, and those guys are so old at this point. It's not. I agree. I, I hate Rondo. I don't, Rondo's like no. He's not a top ten player. I don't think he's top fifteen. But I think they made their team so much deeper this year in every position. I don't think it needs to all be Rondo. Well, I, like, I mean, he's their best player. If he doesn't have a great series, like they're they're shit out of luck. All right, we'll we'll see. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks for coming on the pod. I'll talk to you later, man. Right. See ya. Can you make-